Good evening, morning, afternoon, whatever applies to you. Welcome to EuroLeague, ahead of what looks to be the banger of all bangers of final weeks in the LEC. For once, you'd have to say the term Super Week might actually live up to its name. Who knows? Uh, but regardless, today I'm joined by my now official, I guess, perma co-host, uh, Kire, or as Lucy would say, my colleague. Uh, oh, yeah. In a way that only, you know, a proper dignified English lass would say, your colleague. It was, I was very, very impressed by her decorum. Uh, I'm also joined by Western Goat of Top Lane, Mr. Soaz. And I think, I think that two of you have something in common, actually, which is that I suspect that you both secretly prefer Dota to legal <laughs> Well, oh, that that is that is a that is no secret. I am actually like holistically from I've played thousands, multiplied by thousands more hours of Dota than I have League. Dota two or like Dota, Dota. two. Okay. I, actually, I, both, I, actually, both. Actually, both Like <laughs> I, I, I didn't. I did. didn't play. I didn't play that much Dota two myself. It it was just mostly Dota. Mm, fair enough. It's all the same. But yeah, what in what was, you know, a still worth uh, checking out episode of Desert Island Games that I did with Soaz. Uh, you did mention that you had started with that and I did kind of get the impression from it that it was sort of like, yeah, League's great, but it's kind of just the thing that got big, you know? That, that was my impression, but who knows? Also worth checking out as well, because I remember on that episode, my head is surrounded by a fucking blue tracking box the whole time because I <laughs> forgot to take it off. So it's definitely a banger. Um, right now, as is tradition, I have to ask you guys a would you rather question. So the question is this, right? And it's very simple and very predictable. Would you rather be like a world champion TI winner in Dota 2, right? But you like win TI and then you just like disappear into irrelevancy. Or would you rather be what? you know, so as was like a top Western player who had great runs at Worlds and, you know, did really, you know, well and all the rest of it and had this great career. But probably your entire earnings are going to be less than if you just won TI. And also you never won the big tournament, right? Like you can never win Worlds. And no, we don't count season one for anyone now. That's like, but Fnatic won suit. No, shut up. And so as wasn't on that team. So which would it be? Would you rather win TI and then disappear into irrelevancy to never reach the dizzy heights again, or have the long and storied sort of legendary career like a Soaz, but never win worlds? Um, so it's like specifically like for me, like answering, right? It's well, yeah, like, I mean, I'm going to ask yeah. both of you, but like basically to have the career that you already had or to have won TI banked a few mil and then you know you also claim, claim you won the biggest tournament there was in your game but then sort of never really did anything else and not really be considered a legendary player or have had the career that you had in league uh, uh i would i would win ti honestly well it's four, it's 4.8 million each for winning ti yeah. like uh, i think i think it doesn't it doesn't matter that you're like remembered as like a good player people in in five years, like they're gonna be like, you know, like there's gonna be younger players and younger players, and it's not like you're gonna be any relevant really. So I think might as well just take the money at this point, you know. Okay, okay. And what, what about you, Kira? I'm gonna guess you're gonna go with the same here. Yeah, TI is the like winning TI is already like a legendary achievement. It's the hardest tournament to win. And probably esports history outside like a handful of like the Korean ones, but it, like as I tried and tested, because it, it tests like all the skills of like a competitor, and the qualification like to even be there is like a like a trial by fire type thing. I think like, it's a lot harder for sure. But it's ins like... it's absolutely insane to win TI because it, like at Worlds, for example, you know like uh, Rocks Tigers and stuff. You know they got put out. Imagine SKT had to play like Rocks Tigers. Like they could have potentially played them three times. They would have played them three times if they played them at TI. You would have played them in yeah. groups. Then you would have played them in the upper bracket, and then you would have played them again in the lower bracket. In the lower bracket, uh, the grand final. Sorry, from the lower bracket. So, yeah, I think that's the so biggest hard. difference for sure. Like just yeah. the fact that there's loser bracket and there's so many more games. So if you're a TI winner, you're like the true winner. You know, there's no like what if. 
as in league every year like i mean not every year but sometimes it can happen you know like what what if like this team was not in this bucket or you know or if LPL there's was been, allowed to have six teams or something. There has, been, <laughs> there, has, there has been two fluke TI winners, like, ever. And they weren't even, like, flukes, as in, like, the team that won it was still, like, a great team. They just yeah, won, it was, like, like the... underdogs. Yeah, it was, like, yeah. underdogs, yeah. Like, it's, it's happened twice, like, ever. So, and, and Worlds is just a fucking mess every year. But, uh, but that's, like, the, the greatest thing about it is because, like, underdogs teams in TI, because there's so many more games... Like the it, it's it's more yeah exactly it's more about like the teams that uh, that progress through just grinding while you know playing at TI and screaming things like that. That's why I really enjoy like all tournaments that we had like in league for example like fucking IPL IPL five the late, one of like, the best tournaments ever. Like ju just playing those tournaments felt a hundred times better than playing world's type of tournament because you just lose one game and you're fucked, you know? Like, the, as as IPL, it's like, yeah, it's just like the, the better team just wins. Like, But what do you think of this idea, right? And a lot of league players have said this to me, that TI or just Dota in general is so much more like macro primitive that if they really wanted to them and a bunch of league players could go play dota and just win because league's just way ahead of dota is this a thing does it is there any yeah. wait can you repeat so basically the the they contend that league is so much more developed and has so had had so much more analytics poured into it and real coaching and all the rest of it which real coaching that's already a meme to me but whatever that league is like league players are just smarter and more advanced when it comes to like macro and that if the best league players were to learn and play dota that they just win ti easy is there any no. is there any truth to this no. whatsoever no but who, who said that like so someone that said that for sure they never played dota like it's just i don't want to i don't want to shame them on the the podcast but i, I would say that multiple league players have said no, that they there's a small play amount dota of truth there's a small bit of truth in the sense that League has like millions more people playing it than Dota, and so there's like more solutions being formulated. And Koreans played League, and Korea is by far the in any esport that they choose to be in are by far the definitive region that matters. China is now like that in terms of as a talent producing, a solution producing machine, but it's it's not quite the same way in Dota. But the whole idea of that like League players could like transfer over to like dota and like try and like prove and like solve some of the things like if like people don't even understand like when you're like pushing a lane in like dota as like a carry like an adc when you're doing it in league you like kill the minions that are in front of you and there's like certain like heroes you can play in like dota where you can have to make like 20 decisions like real like actual decisions on like how you path and how you farm and like that like those choosing like the right one all the time is like what like makes you like way 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 better than like everyone else but you're constantly uh, to make that those types of decisions like all the time i feel like in 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 league there is it's more about like just knowledge and then i mean there's mechanics and and knowledge like i feel i think in dota maybe i, I might be wrong because i haven't played in in a while but from memory and watching I think there's just so much more like decision based on like, you know, it's like reaction more so. Like there's so many, you can play like so many games, but you will not have like the knowledge uh, from like the game that you're playing right now. Like it's, you need to adapt like a lot more, I think in Dota, um, both in like draft, for example, like drafting in Dota is just more, much more, much yeah. more variation and compli complicated than in League, and just adapting like in game as well. Like in League, you need to, you need to adapt, but most of the times it's things that you you've seen before. So if you fuck it up, it's like, oh yeah, I already know. But in Dota, I'm sure that there's like things that you you learn like that you have never seen, even though you have played like countless yeah. games. So, yeah. When uh, when the American Investor Group came into H2K in like 2016, they asked me like 
<laughs> how many games do these guys play? And I was like, what do you mean? And they're like, well, like, do they play Counter-Strike? Like, can we enter them in Counter-Strike tournaments? I was like, no, 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 no. I was like, <laughs> it's, they play a very specific game. It's MOBA, right? Like, it's it's like asking a rugby player to play cricket or something. Like, it's, yeah. these two things are not the same. And they're like, oh, okay, so just League and Dota then. I was like, no, 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 they don't play Dota. <laughs> and they're like, what? Are you really telling me that they can't play this fucking game, which looks exactly the same as play? I was like, please, trust me. Like, it, it just doesn't work. Like, you can enter them if you want, but it will be a disaster. Like, please don't do it. So yeah, it's uh, that was also a bit of a banger. But anyway, enough about League of Legends, little brother. I know that will trigger a lot of people. That's the only reason I said it. Let's move on to this week's Super Week. Uh, well, actually, no, let's not. Let's start with last week, which was sort of aptly named by a lot of people, the Week of Upsets, uh, which I think is a fair dubbing. And when I say upsets, not the AD carry, who seems like the only player who's as cursed as Otto about winning titles at this point, but team upsets. So the number one team, Mad Lions, went 0-2. SK beat Rogue. Vitality lost to Astralis. Uh, and yeah, probably the most egregious one was Excel losing to one win BDS. Uh, but yeah, let's start with Mad. Um... And to be honest, a theme which seems to be pretty ongoing this split, which is as soon as the team starts looking like they might separate themselves from the rest, they come crashing back down to earth. And we're all here like, fuck, you doesn't have any good teams. Oh, God. So XL last week, now mad this week. So as what do you think of mad? And do you think this past week means much for them or, you know, their chance of doing well in playoffs? Like, did you, did you learn anything about mad that you think you didn't already know? Mm, I wouldn't say so. I think, I think Mad you kind of you kind of already know, like uh, their their style and everything. So I'd say it it doesn't it doesn't change too much. Like I don't remember like all like their. I remember. I mean, I watched like last week, uh, but aside from that, I uh, I cannot like think from like all like a uh, early split um but I, I would say like solid contender for sure still so you weren't put off at all by them going zero two i mean it's i think i mean it depends right like there there might be like different uh like it may be some internal stuff or whatever, but uh, I think they can for sure like still be you know decent contender regardless of their O2. Um, I, I I haven't like rewatched the games to like uh, to see exactly, but yeah, I'm not like really put off by it. I think they will still be still be okay. Kira, what what do you think about Mad after this week? Uh well, basically, like, Mad Lions, a good example would be, like, Mad Lions versus, like, Misfits, where Mad Lions, like, main problem, like, kind of got exposed, which is they can be, like, out-muscled, like, out-team-fought by, like, people who are just better at those, like, disciplines in them. Like, they had, like, all the check marks of, like, their usual, like, winning game. Mid lane turret open, early jungle leads, isolated leads onto mid and, um... Aloya, um, yeah, he was on like a world champion, and then the game I think just gets. Yeah, the the draft wasn't like the draft was wasn't as like good into uh, in context, but the problem was is what well, I think they had like a, almost like a four thousand gold lead with like the mid turret down, and then misfits just beat them in like three fights, three consecutive like team fights. And it just didn't matter. It's interesting, and yeah, like it's it's like impossible. It's really really hard for Mad Lions draft to play into like uh, misfits but they just ended up losing it's interesting that you mention um that mad or or indicate perhaps that mad's team fighting is a bit of a weakness because i mean when they had humanoid they were that was like they're the team fighting team like they are the de facto best team fighting team and someone on this show possibly me may even have made 
a bit of a foolish tweet once saying that they might be a certain team at MSI because they probably have the best team fighting in the tournament. But I mean, they did legitimately have really good team fighting, whether or not that was true. Um, so it is kind of interesting that you now think that's a weakness. Do you think, I mean, the only thing oh, that's it's, changed... Nesky is worse than Humanoid. Unforgiven's worse than Karza. It's for sure... I mean, it's a lot different kind of like fighting as well. Like yeah. it used to be like more like brawl fighting. Uh, I think in, in the past where you just engage and it's like a fast fight, you know, kind of thing. Not like the fight you need to to think to a, like a little bit more, you know. It's like you go in, like you might uh, go out for a little, bait some spells, then go back in. Uh, it's not like as straightforward as, as just him fighting right now, I feel like. Yeah, so... I mean the dam the damage obviously has been nerfed in general, right? Which is main mean you have these longer, more drawn out team fights. Um, yeah, and I think as you said uh, before, Kira, that actually uh, Kazi did have some kind of mental average damage per minute thing, where probably this is his dream, like mid mid uh, game team fights, where he's able to just output as much damage as possible. Um, again, I'm not particularly on that train myself yet but no it's actually interesting observation that in the space of a year they've gone from being easily the best team fighting team in europe to it potentially being a little bit of a weakness um so as i wanted to ask you about armu because obviously this is a player who has cons well consistently divides opinion right like some obviously including mad must think he's pretty good right uh, mm -hmm. others see him as like a bit of a two-trick pony um and obviously a chunk of the community don't really rate him at all like what what have you and do you make of him as, as a player right now as a as a top laner uh i mean top laner right now i think he first is like first thing how good how good of a gnar you are is probably like the biggest like thing on top because gnar is just such a strong champ like in, comp in competitive so I would say he's like he's a, he's a, he's a okay now, so he's pretty good. Um, then I mean for the games last week, like that's why I was like uh, um, I was saying while you were talking, like he, I think draft wise, like I don't I wasn't like a big fan of top side picks really uh, for for last week at least. Um, what was it? It was Aatrox uh, and Zeus. Oh, uh, I, 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 you mean yeah. he did sorry, sorry, sorry. I, Yeah, I, I think he played Aatrox and Sejuani. Aatrox is just, uh, um, it's just bad, isn't it? <laughs> it's. I think it's fine, but it, uh, my my issue with Aatrox in most like things right now is like before it was, it was like okay because you can team fight and you can get into AD carry or mid. In depend on depending on things, but like in current meta, I would say that Aatrox is never gonna catch an AD carry in in any of the games. So I'm not like a fan of like potential threat unless you have such a good lane that you might just like make enemy complete useless. But I mean Aatrox is on is like really fine for on. Like he's on is gonna be fine regardless if. On jungle, go stop side. You might have even kill potential on Aatrox, so it's completely fine for Orn. And then it was uh, Seju into Gwen, I think. And yeah, I'm I'm not as familiar with this matchup, but I'll I'm pretty confident to say that Gwen is just chilling in this matchup, and um, and she can probably 1v2 with like some items so not that great either um so yeah i mean i will definitely not draft the same like i think arvus is like a good player and i would put top sign in a better situation than this draft yeah do you have there been because for me this has been like probably I mean, people meme top lane pool like, and support lane pool have always been memed in Europe anyway. But for me, this has been probably like the most underwhelming top lane split that I can even remember. Like, have any top laners like stood out for you at all? So as where you're like, ah, I think that guy's doing pretty good. Um, I mean, Wonder I mean, early think... for sure, but he fell off a bit of a cliff, didn't well, he? Yeah, but it's like. Wonder in Fnatic, you have like this. <laughs> I feel like 
Wonderland Fnatic is doing like the same uh, job that I was doing in Fnatic, kinda. You know, it's like a completely different roster, but we are like, like funnily enough, like we are playing like kind of the same style as I was back then. Uh, so I would say like good, but uh, it's different style. Like so someone that stand out is probably gonna be more like. You know, Alfari in terms of performance, laning, advantage, uh, pressuring, things like that. Like, Wonder is is solid player overall. Um, but you cannot say to someone like that, like, he's stand out. He stand out in in, in a sense, but not, uh, you know, it depends on the category that you, you put him in. Um, so there are, like, two different players, you know, and, and style of, of playing for their respective team um so i would say like individually like alfari is uh is solid fair enough kira if you had to give an all pro i'm not going to ask you for three because that seems impossible at this point if you had to who do you think has been the best top this split mm, his like actual like top planner i would need top. to look at all the it was probably alfari alfari's probably still been the best like top you know he actually plays like Real League of Legends. But so, is, yeah, this, is this some re- a bit of recency <laughs> bias though? Because his first half of the split was pretty. And what like he had some like really, he had no, some but... like, really bad matchups, but then he plays the other. The problem is, is like he plays out the other half of the split. He plays out the top lane matchups like like so unbelievable. Ultimately, that like it's the gold standard. As in, like you could take it and you can replicate it multiple times. Like he actually executes like exactly how the champion's supposed to be like just to be done like he's one of the only people in europe who should actually have a license to play nar because he actually because he actually uses the champion what yeah. it's supposed to be used for he is so good at abusing the fact that it's range that it like they again uh last week there was that game with um it was against excel right the game was over just because alfari was fucking hammering finn's head in his nar like and it became the most like arithmetic like game of league of legends ever and so he is the one that most consistently replicates that and he's the one that most consistently does that and so he is like he has flaws in other senses he is not like a perfect player he has does have flaws in other areas but he is just so far and away much better than the other top laners at that that he is probably still the first all pro this might i think he's yeah, sorry go on he, 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 Alfari... Lead is just because he plays well around mid jungle and he plays well against like mid jungle and so he's rarely gonna be in bad situation and he's just overall good. Like he has his flaws. Like for example, he's not a good tank player. Like uh, for sure, uh, you're not gonna see him play well Gragas or some APs as well. Um, so he plays his own champion, but he played them very well. Yeah. I mean, he's for sure had like a good second half of the split. I would say though, on the uh, the the point about the fully optimized NAR, while I could co-sign a bit of that, I would also say that that is probably the worst Irelia I've ever seen in my life. That was a fucking disgrace from Mister <laughs> Finn. That was a disgrace. I've got, I've got, no, I've got nothing to say. I've got, no, I've got nothing to say about that. I, that's that, that was arrestable. Um, anyway. Speaking... Broken Blade as well, actually. Like, I wasn't thinking of him, but I think he's pretty... He's he's also he's the reverse of some... Yeah, he's like... The problem is, it's like... Broken Blade's, like, got this massive problem this split where he's being greedy as fuck in certain, like, matchups. I don't I don't know why. He's yeah. He wasn't really like that. But this man, like, will get, like, the naturalized leads that, like, Alfari gets sometimes, and then he'll, like, punt them really, really bad. Like, quit... Like, a couple of, like, G2s, like losses are like almost always just like broken bay like not backing in like certain situations yeah they're really yeah. awful yeah i think um yeah i think i don't think there's been a single top laner who's had a consistently good split all the way through i do think on terms of form alfari is definitely the most on form top laner right now um but yeah i think if you look at the first half of the split obviously otto and wonder were both good now they're both less playing less good let's say um and then yeah the others aren't really worth worth talking about um but i think it's it's also due to mid jungle like I, I think i mean they probably just got better as a team and it helped alfari i don't think he was necessarily 
having poor individual performance at the beginning. Like it's just like team was team level was just pretty low. Yeah, I mean it's going to be super. He had a couple. He had a couple of fucking crazy ones. Like he sacked like two waves to run on Nar into River and die. Like that. That I, I don't know. Yeah. Mid jungle. Mid jungle's not involved in that. That's just fucking suicidal. <laughs> I watch it in real time. I was like, that's not a good play. Please don't. But it's going to be interesting to see. Like again, I'm presuming we won't even see him this season, probably. But what the hell Vitality does with Bo? Because it looks like Haru's kind of. Find found his niche a little bit and sort of sinking a bit with the team, but then you've got this monster who's just smurfing on everyone in solo queue. It's like, what the fuck do you do with Bo? Like, you can't really bring him in now. You can't like bring him in for play. Like, let's say they qualify for Worlds, okay? Let's say they win. Let's say Vitality win LEC, but it's like you know not the most convincing thing or whatever. Maybe they win in five games against another team that's not like a world beater. What the fuck do you do for Worlds? You start bow like what happens or do you just go korean boot camp and see who's better like i don't know it's it's a it's a bit of a weird one so yeah we'll see what happens there yeah i think it's too hard to tell unless you have inside information really. <laughs> uh, whichever one pisses off mephisto the least maybe uh <laughs> so obviously misfits were one of the teams that mad uh lost to this week mm. uh yeah Kira, what were your main takeaways from this game specifically, actually? Um, but also from Misfits, who, as overall now, who I am dubbing a drawing pin cake. Like, if Rogue are the razor cake, I feel like Misfits are, like, the drawing pin cake. Because, like, last split as well, they, you know, were joint second, I think, or third in terms of record, but never looked like doing anything in playoffs. Now it's like they're on a mega run. I don't know what it is, but it's like they've yeah. won eight of the last nine or something completely bonkers. Like, is this team legit at all? Like, did did this win over Mad mean anything? I fit, still feel like when I watch them, I'm like, you're still not going to do anything. I think so that, I think Vitality should give uh, should give Bo to Misfits, you know, and then it will be like a sick team. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no! I, I was literally about to say that. Whatever org doesn't take their bot side, if you like, you, if you have a shit bot side, if you do not take Vio Neon Mercer next year as like a triple pairing onto your team, if they end up don't they, if they don't end up playing with each other next year, you, the fucking every GM in LEC should be shot. They like, all of them. They should all be shot. They are. Un the positions that they bring games back from those three players is un fucking believable and it's so unbelievably consistent how they do it. It's like the it is actual like mag the magic sauce. They did get draft Nirvana because someone decided to give them Yumi and yeah. like I mean their draft like that's what I was saying you know like in Mad's game yeah like, I mean I feel like Mad's Mad's draft is a flop for sure like I, I don't I don't I don't like their picks and. Misfits draft and picks is just too good against that. Just draft. really yeah. good together, like oh yeah, yeah, so much, so much freedom in Misfits draft for sure. Zanzara is actually just like I mean, he started off the game zero two, but uh, yeah, yeah he, has, he has just a he has just a bad player and a bad jungler, but like. I think like the biggest upside of him it seems. But imagine, imagine, imagine they have like I mean I don't know like how good is how good is. Uh, Bio and stuff, but uh, if you have like a sick jungler in that team, like he for sure could. If you, if know, you put if, if you put like really Alfari with Aloya on this team, it would be insane. Like that's that's what you're talking about. Like yeah, if you just take like the two best top side players and you put them on the, this team, it's like unbelievably functional. How mental would it be if Vitality just decided to like sell Bo in the off season for mega money purely on the basis that he came over and played a bit of EU West solo queue? That'd be pretty funny, wouldn't it? Um, but obviously, people forget as well. That'd be like the most Monopoly man thing ever. Yeah, that it would, but it would be in a weird way. I'd respect it, you know. It's like, or maybe you know, you yeah. you sign him, you you took the flip. You're like, well, Harry's doing pretty well, and this guy's actually a toxic motherfucker, uh, <laughs> like he was rumored to be. So let's just quickly sell him. There's no feedback to give, guys. He didn't play a single game. He didn't destroy our dressing room <laughs> or whatever. So who knows? I mean, that's on you. Sign him. So that would actually be fucking baller if they ended up just flipping the asset for like a million. That'd be hilarious. Team Vice. Um so yeah, anyway, moving on. Actually, before just before we move on, a quick tester slash reminder yeah. for uh Kira. Do you know which teams can lock wo a world slot with a top placement in regular season? 
So just a, just a quick recap, everyone. So the situation is, oh. mad, for playoffs, Mad are qualified, okay? They have 10 wins. Yeah. They are in playoffs. Then you've got fucking four teams on nine wins, which is G2, Vitality, Rogue, and Misfits. Then we've got the three teams on seven wins, which is Astralis, XL, and Fnatic. Which teams, Kira, can lock Worlds if they get a top placement in regular season? So I'm pretty sure the only 100% with a top placement are somehow still Fnatic, because they can still technically get first. Yeah? Yes. So uh, G2, Rogue, Fnatic... And I think if they get the first one, misfits. That's it. Okay, so if if we if those but, teams get first place, they would auto qualify. You think? I, I think because and then but the problem is is like it also depends on like what order like the other ones have yeah, gotten yeah. if it can like push them out. But I'm pretty sure they're the ones that can like completely auto qualify. Like Mad Lions. Oh, actually, Mad can obviously do it as well. But no. Yeah, I think I, I think there's five teams. It's just it's an absolute mess. I, I, someone on Twitter is going to have one it's of those charts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to have it's one impossible. of those charts. Yeah, it's going to have one of those charts, and I'm I'm just going to be like, yeah, that's the answer. Yeah, that's the answer right there, baby. Especially because like, you know, like decent teams starting losing right now. Like you, I don't know. It's just such a mess like, that you don't really you can not be sure of anything. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Anyway, it was a quiz question without an answer because I have no fucking clue. I just wanted to see if you knew or not. So anyway, <laughs> moving on to the quote unquote super week. Um, obviously, as I said, Mad are locked. G2, Vitality, Rogue, Misfits. They're the four teams that are on uh, nine wins. And according to Riot's data, they all have a 92% or better chance to qualify. So we're going to put them to one side for now. I want to talk about the three seven win teams who are competing over the sick play slot, which is, of course, Astralis, XL, and Fnatic. And these fuckers play each other in the final week as well. It's, it's <laughs> such a banger. It's crazy. So on the first day of the Super Week, on the Friday, Fnatic play Astralis. Fnatic obviously coming off a pretty bad loss against G2. Astralis coming off a win against Vitality. Uh, how, how do you see this one going? So as if you had to guess, based on, you know, what we've seen recently from Fnatic and Astralis, can Astralis win? I mean, obviously they can win. Would, would you expect them to win? Well, um, I think there's decent chances, honestly. Like, I think it for sure, like, for sure something. Like, uh, for, for this team, I just know that he's just gonna... It'd be a matter of like how oh, good they are mentally. Like it, it, it's nothing to do with the game, hundred percent. So but what's interesting is, um, so yeah, in in the official like probability charts, right? Astralis are actually favoured to get sick. They're at thirty nine point two, but all three teams are in the mm. thirty range. So Excel's at thirty four point eight, Fnatic's at thirty point five. So theoretically the least likely but i i don't think this obviously takes into account actual team strength or anything other than assuming yeah, all yeah. teams are equal right so it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that much um but I, I would also just add i actually think that xerxes looking better than razzle at the minute to be honest like if we're talking about jugglers like xerxes yes. playing pretty baller is he like kiro what, what do you think about this matchup who who would you take oh this is this is a nightmare for fanatic because yeah, Astralis are basically like in an ascendancy because basically they've like worked out a little bit of like how to abuse early game jungle. They managed to end a game against Rogue in 10 minutes like because the game was over after like 10 minutes. Like they've, they've, they're beginning to understand some of the things that Mad Line have been doing like all season. I don't know if they managed to like get a scrim block against them or fucking something. I don't know. Or they've just been watching their game. So... I think this is like Fnatic's like nightmare. Yes, on paper, Fnatic, you know what I mean? Player strength. Um, they should like absolutely fist like Astralis. But the problem is, I think the way the game's currently being played right now and the current actual team strength, I think 100%, I would, if I was to pick just my analysis, I would pick Astralis. Pending on Dejour's humanoids matchup, there are some, uh, there are some fucking crazy volatile mid matchups. Um... That, that can be forced by Fnatic if they're, like, smart enough. And I think that, like, may be an angle. But outside that, outside they get something fucking crazy, I think Astralis uh, should be the favourites to beat them, which is fucking crazy. I can't believe I'm saying that. So, as have you ever been on a team that's been coached by Yamato? I think you haven't, right? 
No, no, never. So I'm super curious because the thing with Fnatic is, again, obviously with these five, it's always really difficult as an outsider to be like, he should get 15% of the blame. He should get 30% of the blame. Murr should be the coaching staff. But again, it's this thing that always comes up with this Fnatic team where I just feel like on paper, these five players are so strong. I, I feel like the, this is the one time where I will co-sign a Fnatic pleb fan who goes on Twitter and says, I want answers. This is the one time where I'd be like, you know what? You actually deserve answers. You actually deserve to know which part of this project has collapsed and fallen flat on its face. Because to me, it's inconceivable that those five players are sitting currently in eighth place, eighth place right now with a very decent chance. Well, according to Riot, over a 60% chance or 70% chance, sorry, of not making playoffs. That is mental. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That, that that I feel, does need answers. We've also, this week, um, da -da 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 -da, what else we got? Oh, so we've got Misfits G2, which is a really interesting one because, obviously, both teams seem to be sort of mini-peaking at, at a, good, uh, a good point in time. I believe, unless I'm mistaken... Misfits beat G2 last time they played? Is that correct? Uh, Maybe that's not know. correct, actually. Misfits did beat G2 last oh, they time did, they played. They did beat G2. If, if, they, if they went like 7-0 in yeah, the yeah, last, they the went last game, on a crazy they run. <laughs> I, th I think they're like 8 for 9 or something. So I think they did lose like one game or whatever. But yeah, they're, they're on a crazy run. So obviously, uh, the thing about this is that theoretically, either of these two teams could lock first, right? Because we need to mm -hmm. keep in mind that we'll, you know, mention again that if Mads loses to G2, which seems very plausible on paper, first place is up for grabs for both of these teams, for Misfits and G2. So, mm. uh, so as who who do you fancy in, in this one, Misfits G2? Misfits G2. I mean, I mean, it's on paper, you'd probably put G2. But I feel like if Mads uh, just do a better draft than they did last week, like they is might just be like a fifty-fifty. But if I would have to pick, uh, I mean I will just go for Mad just because I like rooting for underdogs. So I'll just I'll just root for Nisquick. So. What I wanted to ask you as well is obviously you've been on plenty of teams where the minimum requirement is going to Worlds and for a whole bunch of splits in a row with your core yeah. team, it's like we should be contending if not winning playoffs. When you get to this point of the season, if you were in G2's position on those teams, those Fnatic lineups, how much do you actually care about finishing like first instead of second or third or third instead of fourth obviously i know there are slightly different mm. ramifications for how the bracket works but purely from a like do, like do you care like once you're in playoffs if you're a team that's like that good or thinks of yourselves as like we are legit contenders it shouldn't really matter do you really care about these final bo1s especially if you've won it before like a bunch of times before like g2 and like you guys did on Fnatic. how much do you actually care about where you finish once you're in playoffs i think you care once you're on playoff. Uh, if if you know that you're supposed to be at the top, like as a team, I don't think it matters too much. Like, you know, your current lineup, uh, where you're like, oh, we have like five of the strongest players. Like, we should be there. It doesn't really work like that. It's more about like your your current form as a team. So if you believe that, you know, like if you have like really good scrim results, for example. Then you 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 get that that confidence that you know that you're supposed to be at the top. Yeah. So um. So yeah, definitely. I I think I think it matters. It it matters to. In playoffs because it gives you like. A, it gives you some momentum and some 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 boost, you know. Like yeah, even for the team morale and everything, it's just great. Like going, you know, just going like that. Fair enough. So yeah, basically, if you play, if you feel like you're the best team from scrims or whatever, and you're safely in playoffs, it's not like the be all and end all, but it's it's yeah. a cherry on top of the cake. 
Yeah, I think the team that doesn't care about like this place or that place is probably because you know they they overperformed or things like that. You know. Yeah. So the banger of all bangers, and there's another banger after this one, is on the final day we've got Misfits versus Fnatic, which again could easily end up being a game the game that decides if Fnatic make it into playoffs or not. Yeah. And for Misfits, again, if Mad lose to G2, it could give Misfits first place, which seems absolutely mental to say that Misfits could finish the regular season first place considering where they were in the first half of the split. Like, that is crazy to me. And especially when you frame it like this, actually. Like, the idea, like, in my head, maybe I've, my brain's just, like, not caught up, but the idea that Misfits, like, might finish first and XL might not make playoffs. That's so weird, like in my head. Because in my head, I'm still like, XL are better than Misfits. XL are better than Misfits. But yeah, just they? looking like... at the, at, at the start of the split, like, yeah. These guys are so good at fucking winning games. They are, they are, they're actual artists. They're fucking bank heist artists, man. But okay, but let, let's talk about this matchup. Like, again, we, do we actually believe in misfits and even if misfits win this game even let's say if miss i'll put it like this kira if misfits finish first place they go 3-0 this week mad lose to g2 misfits finish in first place do you still think anything other than the first round exits happening in playoffs like do you what is what is fnatic first game of the uh, Fnatic are up against Gatham? Astralis first. Yeah, Astralis. Astralis first. Yeah. Right. yeah, then they play Vitality, then they play Yeah. Because the way it is, it's like if uh, <laughs> Fnatic lose the first game against Astralis, oh, it's, it's over. Boom. Yeah. It's like a 100% boom for Fnatic. And then Misfits will probably win against Fnatic as well. Um, At that yeah. point, yeah, for sure. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, I mean... It, like yeah. he just he's just gonna depends on mental like that's that's pretty much it honestly <laughs> kira can you give can you give me more than mental boom what are we what are we thinking for this one bro i i feel like sometimes like misfits and fanatic are just terrible like sometimes the same things but misfits just find ones when fanatic don't like the you know what someone said to me on Twitter? This is the harshest possible critique of Misfits. But there's a tiny oh, bit go. of truth to it. There's a tiny bit of truth to it. Okay. Misfits are BDS up until like, you know, 20 minutes or whatever. And then BDS go, eh, and Misfits go, eh. And that's the difference. Like, again, I wouldn't quite look at it like that because I think like... BDS arguably a better early games than Misfits. Yeah, BDS time, are better but, somehow. Yeah, but it's like that they're both heading in a particular direction, and then somehow illogically they'll end up at the other place. You know, I think that was what the guy was trying to say. But there's like an element of truth to that that Misfits is like BDS gone well. But yeah, I I don't know. This is uh, I just think just like basic game again like. Misfits should just, just, yeah, Misfits yeah, should on. beat them. Yeah, Misfits realistically should just beat them, but because they're so much better, like team coordination, better playing around bot side, better right now somehow playing around object objectives. The really tragic thing about Fnatic, and it is really tragic, they're they're good at nothing. They're actually good at nothing. They don't play together well. They don't play to any of their side lanes well. No, they, they barely like barely any of the players are laning well the bot lane that everyone thought would be like a surefire thing in terms of Hilly and upset just look Hilly's had like after spring regular season spring playoffs into this summer has had the longest run of form where he's been bad in his entire career and it, and they are they have some like the like the strangest like draft ideas Razor looks like he's lost an argument with all three reigns, lanes, and like they're all fucking his girlfriend. Like it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst, it's the worst teamwork team I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, I feel so sorry for, I feel so sorry for them, but as it is, I mean, jungle have a difficult job when it's like you're you're losing like that. Obviously, yeah. like it's, I it's often. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be often like that, but I mean, you just look, just look at Misfits, you know, like jungle have not been uh, the greatest. Yeah, they don't need, need, they don't need and, jungle. And they win, but it's like 
they probably have like someone step, stepping up, you know, to call the game. To yeah, exactly. To to make sure that, like, I think the biggest misconception in like League of Legends is like people uh, not thinking for one another and another. Like you know, they just expect rather than just doing. And I'm pretty sure in Misfits, there's people that do. And and yeah. they just like think for each other. And that's all like they have better mid to late or things like that. And in Fnatic, it's probably like, oh, the game is fucked. Oh, the game is fucked, I guess. You know, let's mm. just go next. Yeah. But like Mersa might be, I've never seen a player get as good as Mersa has gotten. Like when Mersa was originally, and like, I went back and watched a bunch of their early like games. Mersa is, was fucking terrible. Like, in the game, like, one of the worst players in the entire, like, league. He was awful. And now you actually can't say that about him. Like, he's actually, like, I've, I've never seen someone get this, for a guy that's basically a, a complete rookie, I've never seen someone get this good this quickly and, like, in my entire life. It's, it's so fucking impressive. It's unbelievable. I, the one player I've seen, and I always get flack for this because it's still not a uh, sort of positive example I guess the biggest improvement arc I've ever seen in European League of Legends is Dayor going from a 0 out of 10 to a 4 out of 10 that is an insane if you actually think about that if you forget about the fact that he's still bad that is still mental though that is so insane that you can go up four points in the space of like a split that that's fucking mental but yeah unfortunately uh still not the best what would be interesting is if if Razork went back to this lineup like let's just say uh, whoever like the team buys Astralis's plot or whatever and they just like take this uh, misfits lineup that's going to be left over and you replace jungler and put Razork back if you could somehow get Razork from like his summer split on misfits or even some of his performances to be honest in the first bit fanatic where there were moments where he did look really good that'd be super interesting to see again with aggressivo um and uh, sorry, not aggressive, uh, irrelevant. Irrelevant. And um, yeah. yeah, and uh, VTO, Neon, Mercer, Razork. That could be a banger lineup if all four play all five players are on form at the same time. Um, but anyway, so it sounds like you're both sort of leaning towards misfits in that one. I actually, I think, I'm going to say that Fnatic will win that, but I actually think they'll already be out of playoffs contention, and misfits will already be locked in the middle of the pack and won't give a they, fuck. Cheat answer. They probably. Though. I think it, I think it's gonna depends on how their meeting go, you know. Like <laughs> if 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 their meeting have been productive, then 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 they would have a chance, yeah. Right, surely <laughs> this is where this is where this is what Yamato's famous for, right? Giving the big grandiose yeah, like meeting, the you know, speech and everything. Yeah, the yeah. every given but, Sunday, but inch by the inch. The thing is, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I think for sure, like. I mean, sometimes people meme about it, but I think that's definitely good. But I think it depends on it depends how much on the players, you know, like how much they buy into that. And I'm pretty sure, you know, when when you're doing shit, it does not matter like what someone is gonna tell you. It, you just need to like have a, you know, like a, a, a mental shift. Yeah, I mean, you you need to you need to know how to make them shift their focus but all at the same time like everyone needs to buy into it but yeah, i mean it's, it's i think i think it's it's, it's a difficult job like at this point at this point i would say like the worse and worse it it goes like the harder as the, the the harder, yeah the, the the harder it is like for for staff to to make them change uh um so yeah yeah, for a, sure, they they need to downhill. to they need to uh, grow up and realize by themselves. Yeah, I mean the thing is, you know, with someone like Yamato, it's obviously a good skill set to have to be charismatic and be able to be a motivator and all the rest of it. But if your team has been doing bad for a really long time, it's very difficult to just flick that switch and get them to turn it, especially if they never really had a clue how to play the game in the first place. It's not like, guys, please, just for one week, just regain that foot. Like, what form? Like, what macro? What plan? Like, what strategy? There's nothing there, you know? It's still yeah. like... Even it, if depends on, 
it depends so much on their philosophy, you know, of like yeah. uh, if the team was more like player driven or if it was more coaching driven. Like, I would, I would, like, sorry, yeah, go on. From the stuff that if, people have said. The, yeah. It, it sounds yeah. like it's player driven. Yeah, but that's what I mean. So if it, if it was player driven and is player driven, then the coach have like that's... a lot less to, to provide to make the shift, you know. Uh, if the players are not going to do that by themselves. So if it's coaching driven, then you can put more blame onto the coaching for like, you know, like he's, he's going to do more probably in terms of drafting, in terms of like bringing new ideas and things like that. If Fnatic is complete player driven and they're doing shit, then, you know, it's like they they need to 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 shift by themselves. Like they cannot expect this coach to help them when they are not putting the effort to be better together like i'm yeah I think... i'm sure it's just it's just like a team thing like it's like individual individually we know that they are all like good players but they probably yeah they're too much of themselves so i don't know Depending on how this week's gone, like if let's say the scrims have been really bad as well and no one's really seeing light at the end of the tunnel, for me, this is just where you make an executive decision that we actually have a, some difficult games this week. We're probably not going to win conventionally playing. Basically, this is a Carthus week, isn't it? Surely you just like tunnel in on Carthus. Razor's got no synergy with any of his lanes, even when they fucking, as, as Kira said, rock, paper, scissors to come camp them or whatever. Like just pick fucking Carthus, yeah. which is a legit pick, by the way. People are playing it in the East and it's fucking banger. Like just go a bit off meta, try something different. And the theory is that you're all good players. So you should be able to play League of Legends on an individual level to a certain extent anyway, right? Like, I feel that if you were getting 0 5 in scrims all of this week and then morale's down, people aren't really listening to the coach and you just go into this week, you're just going to lose. Like, you're just going to bleed out and die. Like, you might as well try something different. I'm not saying that's the case. I have no fucking idea if it is. But, or even, because obviously there's three games this week, if you win two, realistically, if you get to nine wins, obviously some stuff depends on head-to-head or whatever, there's a pretty decent chance that you'll be in playoffs because um, the all of the three schedules are pretty tricky. So if you win two of three, that's probably good. So maybe even say, fuck it. Maybe scrims went well. Let's try and play conventionally. Let's play meta for the first game. And if that goes shit, then we're doing this crazy bullshit. Or we're going full <laughs> fanatic, old school level one, and we're playing Carthus. Like, no joke. I, I would for sure do that. Um, but anyway, I want to get I your... I think they have been, they've been doing, trying to do like, you know like crazy stuff early on things like that i think lately i think one of their game was like that like invade level two and stuff yeah that's true that was the uh who was it that was last week i can't remember who they did that against um it got warded though i think um anyway so i now want to get your official predictions i'm assuming first of all that none all of you guys are assuming that the top five teams are getting in so really this is about Who's getting that sixth place? And just to remind you, Fnatic play Vitality, Astralis, Vitality, Misfits. So that's pretty brutal. Astralis play Fnatic, Mad, XL. That's fucking brutal. And XL play Rogue, SK, Astralis, which I guess actually in theory, XL probably have the easiest games on paper, you'd have to say. Rogue, who have looked mm -hmm. not really that roguish lately. SK, who are in theory the weakest team of the ones I've read out. And Astralis, who are... A contender but you know not one of the absolute top teams so i would say they actually have the easiest games if you had to pick between these three teams who do you think is going to make it so as fanatic astralis or excel fanatic uh astralis or excel yeah who's getting that last playoff spot again fanatic play against astralis vitality misfits astralis play against fanatic mad and excel excel play against rogue sk astralis uh, usually, like in in this scenario, like as much as I am saying, or you know, or poorly, like things that Fnatic have been handled, probably, I would probably still give it to them, because when it matters, most of the time you just like give the benefit of the doubt to like the good players, you know. I mean, supposed to be good players on papers, and and when it matters, they'll probably shine regardless. So I will probably give it to Fnatic. Uh, um, yeah, 
as I said, I think it depends completely on first game for them, but uh, uh, probably like it's gonna matter a lot for them. So I, I will. I might regret. I might regret it, but uh, I will say Fnatic. What about you, Kira? I agree with like Flaz's assessment, but because XL fucked me and I hate Fnatic, I'm gonna go with Astralis. <laughs> Fuck it, like, uh, like, uh, honestly, like, XL de- de- deserves to not make it to playoffs at <laughs> point in time with the way they started playing eventually. If, but... uh, if XL, ma- like, if last split was the split XL made it to playoffs and they don't make it this split, that's so fucking weird. And again, I know it's mental. they have every opportunity to, to make it this time. Because First of all, of course, it's in their hands. But also mm-hmm. SK and Astralis, like yeah, the rogue matchup like can be difficult. But again, it's not rogue at the absolute apex. They have the easiest schedule, so they have the fewest excuses for not making it if they don't. But yeah, I don't know. Looking at this, I don't trust XL. Uh, <laughs> I don't trust Fnatic because Astralis can beat both of them and make it. Yes, yeah, I'm, go- yeah. I'm going with Astralis. Wait, I mean, actually, it's, Astralis it's the is mad though, but. but... Actually, Astralis is, is so hard, though. Like, you've got direct playoff contender, mad direct playoff contender, and they have to... Oh. I would want to play against some of the... Uh, like, by the way, some of, like, Astralis' comps that they can run with, um... Uh, Young... Whatever the Korean guy's name yeah, is. Young I don't Hoon. know what. Young Hoon, right? Like, some of the, like, the comps that they can play are, like, cancerous to play against and like, those type of, like, nitty-gritty games. He's got, like, Pike, Bard... Like, imagine you just want to play, like, a normal, like, game and some bard player just roams on your app, level 3, and flips a mid-match up. And you're, like, supposed to be, like, winning it. Like, that would just be full screaming tilt, like, headset off. Like, you would just absolutely lose it. And they are the team that is in the best form in terms of, like, going upwards. The problem is, is Vizichachi and Dejor are the worst solo laners of all three sets. And they can... Literally solo lose games. No, I'm going. I'm going shit. XL actually. I'm going XL. No more. I think about <laughs> it. They, okay, th- there's only one. I mean, team. I would say XL or Fnatic, but I will. I still go Fnatic. I guess. Here's the thing: to get to qualify, most likely you'll need nine wins. It's very yeah. easy to think that Fnatic will lose two out of Vitality, Misfits, Astralis. It's very easy to think that Astralis will lose two out of Fnatic, Mad, and XL. XL, I feel like it's not a guaranteed win, obviously, against SK, but that's the one where you say, okay, this, if you don't completely troll, you should win this game, like, for sure. And then the other two are kind of flippy. So I feel like they're the only team who have, like, a lock game if they don't completely grief. I still don't trust them to not grief, but I'm hoping they just put Finn on fucking tank duty or something nice and easy to play, not Irelia into Nar or whatever. What if there's crazy shenanigans... There's crazy shenanigans, and it's actually SK, you know? SK just make it. True. Well, SK have a 9% chance, so yeah, in theory. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But they have to win all three games, and who are they playing? They are playing against, uh, let me see, SK, Vitality, Vitality XL, and G2. They're not making it. <laughs> They're not making it. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Uh, the, the, dream, the dream's over. I'm sorry, Gilius. The dream's over. Nah, but now nah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going XL. But yeah, I just can't. Right now, final topic for the day. Now this is obviously over a week ago. Now that we learned that Heretics will be the team that is taking uh, Misfits slot, but for the first time, we're now finally getting some insight about their philosophy for roster building, and I think it's pretty interesting and not necessarily in the best kind of way. So speaking with Deserto. Vidal from Heretics said, obviously, and this is a quote, we want to have the best team possible, but we want to do that sensibly. Mm, Already looking suspect here. Sensibly. Sensibly. And at the same time, giving opportunities to the Spanish scene is something that we'd really love to do and something that's definitely in our minds. It's our plan to do that. 
but obviously the talent in the scene is limited, so that decision's not entirely in our hands. Well, first of all, that decision is objectively entirely in your hands, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Do you uh, want to make a good team, or do you want to make a likable team? Or do you want to make a Spanish <laughs> team? <laughs> like, what are we doing here? So, who knows? Maybe that means he's going to go after El Yoya as his first signing. Like, we, You just don't know. Uh, anyway, so my question to you guys is obviously from my perspective uh you know i'm from the uk heretics is like a big org i guess in spain but they're more built up on streaming and stuff like that they're not really known i would say that much outside of spain obviously so as you're from a, a scene which does have a lot of uh sort of partisan fans uh for, for the french and so on but with france and spain within eu being the two biggest individual fan bases even BDS, which came from France, have kind of shown, to my mind, that if you don't approach things in particular ways, you're not necessarily going to build a project which appeals to fans. Now, obviously, I'm not going to write them off as an org now. If BDS go out, completely change strategy, sort of, uh, you know, do really good fan engagement, get a roster people actually care about, okay, great. But it seems that basically what BDS did is they went budget and tried to have French players. They built around a core of Adam and Nuclear in. Those are their two, you know, uh, the French reps. And then they filled in the pieces around them. And it just didn't work at all. And it came across as kind of just participating. Um, and hit, based on his quotes, he's basically saying, to my mind, that they're going to do that. That they're going to try and build around a Spanish core and then just plug the other positions in depending on who's available or whatever. From your perspective, like let's just all call ourselves fans for now. Uh, do you like this kind of approach of like regionalization? Again, so as obviously you're from France, like I assume people from their their country like seeing other players and orgs representing their country. But do you actually really care about this kind of thing? Or would you rather just see like a big money org, for example, from an A come in and just make a banging lineup? Like how, how do you see franchise teams in this sense? Mm, I think it's just the wrong concept. Like of you, like if you build a team around someone, like uh, this person needs to. I, I don't. It, it needs to make sense, you know. Like people that build teams don't don't know enough. Like probably about the players or, or they or they act or they think things like that. And you know, having a one hour meeting with them, like before building, is not gonna change any of that. Uh, you know, like the the player can probably say, yeah, like I'm, you know, like anything that you wanna hear, regardless. <laughs> so it's not uh, you don't really know. Uh, you need to like make some researches and all that. Um, so yeah, I'm not I'm not really a fan. Uh, but it depends on on how they do it. But for sure, like the 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 whole thing that you said about uh, you know their philosophy and how they are gonna build and things like that is like a bit uh, yeah. It sounds a bit like uh, BDS and probably like it's not as good. But who knows like how they're gonna do it when opportunities are gonna come in. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, when you're like a new org is probably better to like you know just do some core signings that are like good and also some signings you know that are that are promising you know like promising players are generally gonna be better than just what uh, fans want you know like spanish players or things like that yeah yeah i also think that keep people need to keep in mind that g2 is obviously very much a Spanish organization. Mad, a, a Spanish organization. I mean, Mad were only known really for winning LVPs. You know, they were very much the Spanish org coming in. Neither of those teams have like fully bought into the the regional aspect. G2 much more so than Mad, even though I would say. But they're like, yeah. they're both Spanish orgs, right? So the idea, and also, you know, there are lots of rumors and stuff going on that maybe other teams will sell. I do expect that in the offseason, at least Astralis, maybe one of an organization will sell. And Koi are one of the teams being rumored to buy in. And imagine if Koi buy in. So you come in in 2023, you've got G2 and Mad who are Spanish. You've got Koi potentially coming in, who would be the biggest actual Spanish identity org that's coming in. And you want to 
have a Spanish identity org. That's four out of the 10 teams. Like that would be, yeah, I, I, I just don't think it makes sense. And I think in their heads, they have their own wet dream about what they would ideally want. But the reality is, yeah, this... I don't think they need to. I, I think it's just bad for them if they buy into like trying to please the Spanish community because they're probably not gonna be the the biggest one regardless. Like, but and... it, it doesn't even work because it only works at, like at the lower level of EU because like each of the regions like get to shit on each other at like EU Masters. Like because it's regionalized and the qualifications regionalized and then the champion is from a like a nationalist region. Then that's how it works. Like when France beats Spain, the French go like, ha ha, Spaniards, like France won. And they go, ha ha, Italy, use our shit. Ha ha, Poland, use our fucking shit. And that, that's where like the appeal comes from. The other LEC teams aren't nationalist, like nationalistic basic teams. So basically you're going to be like the fucking, um, the Spanish org. And then you're going to play against, I don't know, fucking G2. And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, a bunch of like Scandinavians, like a guy from Turkey. It's basically like the European Union. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, oh, you but shot on the European Union, brilliant, great. I think, like, even you know, even if you do some signings that are not like uh, Spanish, as long as I think people in, I think any people don't care about where are the players from like only the teams care to an extent about like hey we should sign this guy because he's from there you know but i think like the fans they actually don't they don't give a fuck about that like they just want someone that is that is good and also fun you know like and if this guy is just from anywhere it doesn't matter like yeah i mean it's not like perks has legions of croatian fans or whatever right like it's just yeah. like the only time i ever felt any the, kind the, of the, the teams think about that sometimes like for sure they think about oh, yeah, oh this definitely. Is, yeah but i think it's misguided like the only time i ever felt the impact of uh something like that was when we very specifically played um a iem katowice where which is obviously in Poland and at the time we had Vanda and Jankos who were both Polish so the crowd was very much behind them in that specific instance but yeah it, I mean it wasn't worth it right like that was like one um, a moment in time over multiple years of having both players that we really felt that so yeah I also as to your point uh Kira like I don't think there's loads of people every time like Spanish people every time G2 win going oh like uh vamos Spain you know it's either cool or it's all flacked because they're all they love flax right because he's spanish i don't think it's there's really much whereas as you say in eu masters there is this uh national rivalry of, of france and spain and so on and yeah i mean fanatic technically are a uk org i've never lived out my uh dreams vicariously through fanatic because they're from the uk I, I forget they're from the uk all the fucking time other than you know when uh they talk about the bunker or something so yeah i mean I, I don't think it means shit really um but anyway cool i think we will leave it there guys thank you all for tuning in and we will see you next time for playoff previews <laughs>